Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of May 15, 2016. We first want to thank Mike Tyndall from Humanware and Brian Gomer from Lab Computers for attending this past Friday's roundabout and giving us an opportunity to get familiar with the new Braille Note Touch. This new note taker looks like an apex, but the Braille keyboard lifts up and underneath is an Android tablet. You can write Braille directly on the tablet screen and you can access Android apps using the Braille Note display. Altogether, 37 people came to Roundabout and it was packed with good technology, good food, good music, and of course good friends. Can you believe it? It's time for the pre-registration for the 55th annual ACB Conference and Convention coming up this summer in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Pre-registration opens this coming Thursday, May 19, and you can explore all of the events that require a ticket at the Minneapolis Convention by visiting the website at www.acb.org. We've talked with Rhonda Trott, ACB Tour Coordinator, on a past sound prints, and this week on page 2, Janet Dickelman, ACB Convention Coordinator, reviews many workshops and seminars planned for the convention that require a ticket. You'll find that most of these events primarily sponsored by ACB committees and special interest affiliates, are low in cost and big in information. Janet also touches on some of the free events, many of them technology-related, that are sponsored by our corporate partners. Then on page 3, we bring you an interview with Darren Harbour, a very talented young man from right here in Louisville. Darren graduated from the Kentucky School for the Blind in 2006, and he attended the ACB convention that summer in Jacksonville, Florida, as an ACB first-timer. Darren shares his work in theater and modeling with us, explaining how he adapts to the rigorous demands of learning lines, interacting with sighted actors on stage, and making sure he is in the right place at the right time, especially on the runway. We've all heard about big-name designers who use the runway to introduce their latest fashions. Darren describes the runway and how he has learned to handle that stress as a person with very low vision due to retinitis pigmentosa. His views on what it takes to be successful in the world of work as a blind person have a lot to say to anyone looking for work in today's world. By the way, you'll hear some music in the background behind Darren's interview. He and I recorded this feature in the hall outside the roundabout during our music session after a delicious dinner of home-cooked pulled pork barbecue, potato salad, baked beans, and strawberry shortcake prepared by Patty Cox and her kitchen crew. And on page four is the Sound Prince calendar. Page two. On the phone is Janet Dickelman, the ACB convention coordinator, and she and I today are going to be talking about some of the serious things that go on at convention. We always talk about tours and fun, and if you listen to a lot of that, you may decide that we don't do anything but have a big party when we go to convention. We do a lot of that, but we also do serious things, and Janet, we're so glad you're with us today. 
Well, thank you so much for having me. And we certainly do a lot of serious things at the convention. So I'm just going to go through a few things. I'm going to start with my little disclaimer that affiliates and committees, please understand I'm not covering everything. So if I miss your event, it is not because I don't think it's important. I just can't cover <laughs> right. everything. But I'm right. going to go through some of the items that will be on the registration form. And pre-registration will open on Thursday, May 19th and run through June 22nd. And these are some of the items that do have a small charge to them, so you would have to register in advance for them to get the convention price. So I'm just going to start with our first event on Saturday afternoon, and that would be Saturday, July 2nd. And the first event I want to focus on is uh, 411 from the Information Access Committee. And what they are doing is going over ACB's progress in full access to the digital world with technology and communication. So anything about what is going on with off-the-shelf communications and what is going on with off-the-shelf products from all the companies and entities that we've been working with are going to be focused in this session. So I think this is going to be a really excellent session sponsored by the Information Access Committee. The next thing we'll have on Saturday is our Leadership Institute, and that is going to be a two-part program. And the first part of the leadership is going to be on how to collect information and how to keep information flowing when you go from one person in your agency to another or in your organization to another. How do we keep those records? How do we keep everything and how do we make sure that information isn't lost? And I, that's a really important piece for leadership. That is and then excellent. The other part of it is going to be a fun and very informative part. On there are four personality types, and we're going to learn how to evaluate the four personality types: the directors, the cheerleaders, the analysts, and the supporters. And we all know that we have some of each in our affiliates. And how do you get all four of these entities to work together? That will be a really, really good session. Each each one of those parts yes. is is just yes, I, excellent. Yes, I think so. So it's, yes. it's going to be that's going to be a mm -hmm. wonderful session. It's Saturday afternoon at two forty-five. At two forty-five. Um, I'm not going to go into pricing of any of these right. sessions right now. It's all going to be on the information. On right. The, but uh, all of these are let's just say all of these are really reasonable. You're not talking about no, fifty dollars no. seminars here. No, they're six, eight dollars, ten, mm -hmm. twelve dollars. Some yes. of them. You could do a whole lot of them for a little yes. bit of money. Yes, you really can. Right. The next thing I want to focus on is, and this is kind of a fun event, but it's also very educational. Uh, ACB Families is doing In the Garden with ACB Families, and we have a horticulturalist who's going to teach people how to do container gardening. So you can grow your own vegetables or your own flowers for your own enjoyment and for your family's health and nutrition. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be quite the session. Yes. We are also having the Resource Development Committee is doing a program, and I love the title of this, Just Ask, Easy Money. And that is about how to locate uh, easy money, how to explore corporate sponsorships, service club donations, and uh, ACB joint fundraising programs. And that's going to be a really good 
program for anyone who, I mean, we all want money for our affiliate. Who and doesn't need money? We just have to ask. So I think that's going to be. Yeah. Sometimes um, you don't have to go out and write a 15-page grant in order to get money, and that's going to be the focus of that yes. session. Sunday through Tuesday is the audio description conference put on by our audio description committee, and we are looking for Joel Snyder, who is our ADP guru. Is it's open to any audio description enthusiasts, and you'll hear presentations from on the latest developments in ADP. Um, talking about what's going on with TV, what's going on with museums and plays, and any kind of audio description information is going to be discussed. And it is open to ACB members, so anyone who's interested in attending this. Now, this is, this is not an inexpensive conference. Correct. Um, it is $149. However, it's a three-day conference, and there's going to be a wealth of information. So if you are an ADP enthusiast, you might want to consider this. <laughs> also Sunday afternoon, the diabetics are having a seminar, and I think this is going to be really important to anyone who is diabetic or concerned about their health. And it's talking about relaxation and blood flow and how to stimulate the blood to your appendages and how to work with your body to get better results and have better blood flow. And I think that's going to be very important for people who are diabetic. Right, a very important topic anyone for who's diabetics. Un diabetic understands that blood flow to the extremities can be a big issue. Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m., the Transportation Committee and the Environmental Access Committee are holding a joint session that we've titled Arm Yourself for the Trip, and they're going to talk about um, the new FTA guidance on transportation, what your rights are for transportation, and they're also going to talk about successful strategies for getting audible pedestrian signals in your area. So I think that, and that's a $6 seminar, so that's going to be very worthwhile. Also, Friends in Art is holding a workshop a writer's workshop Sunday afternoon, and it's going to discuss embedding disability into stories that you're writing for children. How important is that to let children know what someone with a disability can do and to bring disabilities to the forefront because children are the ones who will understand and are willing to, are so open, and if they have stories and they know what to expect with someone who has a disability. I think this is going to be a wonderful workshop. The students on Sunday afternoon, along with the Environmental Access Committee, are um, having a seminar discussing accessibility and advocacy in today's online learning. Oh, that will be good. Yes. Because That's that... the wave of the future. That is not just a college issue. No. Um, that today is a middle school, high school issue as well. I have friends who are teachers and they're always talking about, well, my class did this or my class did that on the internet. And a lot of times classes are totally taught on the internet and that can be true of even elementary classes yes. all the way up through college and adult education classes as well. Right, continuing education for adults. Mm -hmm. 
I, I know that I uh, used several online kinds of classes when I was homeschooling my grandson. Let's move on to Monday, and the Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss affiliate is having a luncheon, and they're going to, their speaker is our new Tony Stevens, and he's going to talk about updates on Social Security and Medicare, and Tony is our new Director of Advocacy and Governmental Relations at ACB, so that should be quite an informative luncheon. Oh, yes. Yeah, and, and it ought to be well attended. I would think so. Yeah, because yes. that's a really good subject. And our Multicultural Concerns is having a luncheon at the same time, so we're going to have to choose. <laughs> and our international guest, Charles Mossop, is going to be speaking. He is the president of the World Blind Union of the North American Caribbean region, mm-hmm. and okay. he's from Toronto, Canada, and okay. he is also a published author. And I'm just going to skip ahead. He's, you're going to have several opportunities to hear him speak. He will also be speaking Tuesday morning at the BRL breakfast, and he will be speaking Tuesday afternoon at the Voices from Around the World luncheon. And then on Wednesday, he will be at the Library Users BRL and Teachers program. So in addition to the luncheons, he, mm-hmm. and, and he will be speaking at our general session. In general session, right, right. I believe. We are going to keep evening, him busy. I'm not positive <laughs> on that. Yeah. So you'll have lots of opportunities to hear mm-hmm. him speak, and I understand he's a wonderful speaker. Mm-hmm. On Monday afternoon, the students are doing two sessions, and they are called Put Your Best Look Forward. And they have a separate session for men and a separate session for women. And for women, how to learn how to, what current business fashion trends are, suggestions for hairstyles and makeup. And for men, they're going to do the same type of thing, tying a tie from the, from the hair on your head to the sole of your foot, mm-hmm. how, to be, how to dress for success. And I think that's really important because you may have, Let's face it, impressions do count. So those are going to be important sessions, and not just for students. Those are sessions for anyone in the job-seeking market or anyone who wants to have a professional appearance. We also have a session about using uh, Echolink on iDevices, um, how to connect with uh, amateur radio Stations, and that's going to that's going to be of great interest mm-hmm. to a lot of attendees. Also, Monday afternoon, our sight and sound impaired group is doing a presentation that they call the Invisible Journey, and it is um, the speaker is talking about combined vision and hearing loss, and this is about one woman's experience as she was losing her sight and hearing. We also have a session put on by our library users uh, on unconventional ways to read, and they'll look at uh, Alexa and other new ways to access books. So that's... That will be an excellent session. It always is. Let's move on to Tuesday. We have some some healthy options for people. No, Uh, not at this convention. ...that are being presented by our Blind Pride International Group 
On Monday, they are having a session on the ABCs of yoga. And then later on in the week, they are having sessions on nutrition. They're having sessions on breathing for healing. So those are going to be some very good self-help type sessions. And they all have just a slight cost. We also have our Citizens Low Vision International, and I think this is going to be a very popular session, are having a voting independence. Everybody is concerned about elections and being able to vote independently, and this is going to be a symposium on how things are working with that. Our Rehab Issues Task Force is doing a session that they're calling Tools for Tomorrow, and this is strategies uh, for affiliates to influence your state VA local programs. And we all know how important that is and how many things are happening that we don't like to see happen with our local voc rehab and how you and your affiliate can influence that. Uh, GDUI and our students have a program that they're calling Mini Apolis, and that is being a smarter traveler with smartphone travel tips apps that you can use. Oh, that's a cute name. Yes. Families are having a breakfast on Wednesday morning about genealogy. Yep. And I think go out and that's... go out and dig up some family trees, and that's right. Family we're gonna trees. we're gonna we're gonna find those family skeletons in the skeletons. closet. <laughs> Heroes or villains? That's right. What's what's in your background? And someone, everyone who's a listener of this show knows very well is going to be the presenter, <laughs> Mrs. Rushable. Our uh, independent, visually impaired entrepreneurs are doing a luncheon on. Finding your marketing niche. You want to ha set up a small business? How do you market it? Everybody has ideas for, oh, I'd like to do this, or this would be a great idea for a business. But how do you get it off the ground, and how do you, where do you start? Another session about linking into the world and how um, a career consultant, this is going to be so cool, will discuss how LinkedIn can uh, help you in your job search. Oh, and for those who don't know, LinkedIn is, it fits into the social network genre. Um, it's, it's a but business it's not, side. It's not like Facebook where you post all right. the pictures. It's a professional. Correct. It's the business side of social media. Mm -hmm. Facebook and Twitter can be used and are used a lot for business, but they also are used for just chatting and, you know, sharing pictures of the kids and all this stuff, whereas LinkedIn is all about the business and professional connections. You don't have to be in business in order to be there. Anyone can set up a LinkedIn page. We also are having our uh, healthcare challenges seminar put on by the uh, healthcare task force and how to work to get structured negotiations, how to get equal access to the health care system, how to work with your doctor about making sure that when you fill out your forms you have privacy, how to make sure that you can get your prescription labels on your prescriptions that are audible or in Braille, and that's going to be a very 
informative session. Uh, the Board of Publications is doing a workshop on Thursday, um, and they're calling it Fast Lane Communications, talking about how to make your information that you send out, whether it's writing or whether it's on paper or online, how to make your communications shine and how to get to the front of the pack, how to make people how, more is less, actually, is what they're going to be talking about. You, you want to catch people's eye. You want to catch people's attention. You don't need to write a long, a lengthy article, but you need to have pizzazz in what you're saying. And this is going to help you with articles. So when you're writing your newsletter or sending out any kind of emails, this will be a great tool that sounds like my pet peeve yes. workshop because it, it's always just, it, it just drives me crazy to see um, everything written in passive voice yes. or talking about how, it, just using words that are so useless, you know. Um, take this Extremely opportunity to learn words. so-and-so. Well, you just get all that out of there, you know. <laughs> and. Yep. It's amazing how much space you can cut out and how people will read things that are much less wordy. You want to wow your readers, and uh, Board of Publications will show you how to do that. And the presenter is a local uh, newspaper publisher. Oh, that will be very good. I also want to focus on some of our other sessions that do not have a charge, and you don't pre-register for them, but I just want to let you know who's going to be there on a corporate basis, and this is not everybody. We still have some groups that I know are going to be coming, and I don't have dates for them, but I do know that on Sunday, Hims is doing two sessions, AI Squared is doing several sessions, and Kurzweil is having a user group luncheon for Kurzweil users. On uh, Monday, Humanware will be doing a session on their note takers, and Tuesday they're doing their Victor Stream session. Uh, Bookshare is also having their office hours on Tuesday evening for Bookshare members. Uh, Microsoft is going to be doing a presentation on Tuesday. Sprint and Google will be joining us on Wednesday, and Google will be there again on Thursday. I know we have some other corporations that are coming too, but I can't give out information yet because it hasn't been confirmed. And there are a couple of other things that are non-ACB but that do have a little cost. Independent Science is coming back to join us, and they're talking about their uh, new topping, talking lab quest, which will assist with math and science in school, or just math and science for anyone. You don't have to be a student to use their product. Um, the AT guys are doing a presentation. Oh, that's Thursday. new. Anyone who is a Blind Bargains fan or anyone who is interested in all the little gadgets that AT guys have, they'll be uh, showing you what their latest information is. And uh, One Touch Self-Defense is coming to do a do presentations on Tuesday and Wednesday, and their program are designed for people who are blind and visually impaired on how to defend yourself 
and I know they were here last year, and I talked to several people who attended, and they said it was well worth it, and that does have a little cost. And that kind of gives you a quick overview of what to expect at our convention. And as I mentioned before, registration opens on Thursday, May 19th, and will run until Wednesday, the 22nd of June. Uh, registration can be done online at our website, www.acb.org, or you can call our registration phone number, which is 1-800-866-3242, and they will take your registration over the phone. You'll leave your name and phone number, and someone from our registration cadre will get back to you. They are volunteers. It might take a day or two for them to get back to you, but they will get back to you as quickly as they can. Reservations for the Hyatt, you right. can make them either online at a, from our website. There's a link for the Hyatt reservations, or you can call them and uh, make your reservations over the phone. Room rates are $89 a night for double or single occupancy plus tax, and for... You can have up to four people in the room for the additional third or fourth person in the room. The cost is $10 per additional person. To make reservations for the Hyatt, you can call their toll-free number, which is 1-888-421-1442. Again, it's 888-421-1442. You can always contact me. I'm happy to take any phone calls. And my number is 651-428-5059. Or you can reach me via email at janet.dickelman, which is D-I-C-K-E-L-M-A-N, at gmail.com. Okay. Well, that's really good. And we want to, to emphasize again that... The information that you have given is not complete. No, there are, this is just a portion right, of right. what we have going on. We have only highlighted those things that... That have a cost. Yeah, and that require registration. everything that had a cost. So there's still a lot of right. things that you can register for or pre-register for. And pre-registration is a good option. It, A, saves you a little bit of money right. because there is a pre-registration price and then there is a convention price. Right, right, right. And for some of, most most of the workshops don't have limited space, but this way you know you've got your space and you have your tickets and you can plan accordingly. Right. We do want to caution anybody who's coming for the first time, who's coming uh, as a first-timer or even a second or third-year person, remember that it's a good idea not to plan up every single minute of your day because you will wind up being unable to get to all of those sessions. Not because they're not available to you, but because you just run out of energy. So be careful. I have donated much money to ACB with oh. the tickets that I have purchased that I've never used. You know what? As many conventions as I've gone to, and I've been going since 1976, I always come home with a pocket full of tickets. You'd think I'd know better by this time and take my own advice, but I never do. <laughs> but I figure it that I've supported the affiliate. Program. Right. Yeah, I do a lot it's of that. My donation. Yep. 
Well, thank you, Janet. Well, we you really are appreciate very welcome. it. I enjoyed being here as always. Thank you for having me. All and right. Feel free, anyone, if you have any questions, I'm always happy to answer them, so reach out to me. Page three. I'm at a Greater Louisville Council of the Blind roundabout. It's Friday, May 13, and in the background you'll hear some music because uh, it's after dinner and we have some music sessions going on. But Darren Harbour and I are sitting out in the hallway doing this interview. Darren is going to talk to us about his experiences in various theatrical productions around Louisville. Darren, we're so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Now, some of you know that Darren is a 2006 graduate yes. of the Kentucky School for the Blind. Yes. Darren was the first-timer in 2006 at the ACB National Convention, and we are just real pleased to be catching up with him and finding out what's been going on. So, Darren, tell us about this, uh, these, these things that you've been doing as far as plays and so on, and you've got some real exciting things coming up, too. Most definitely. Um, it's... It's been a, a life journey to perform. I've, I've always wanted to be on stage. I've always enjoyed being on stage and having a microphone in my hand. Upon graduation in 2006, um, we had a cheerleading competition. We've had forensics competitions and, and all, all sorts, but it helped to prepare me for what I wasn't sure was going to happen later in my adult life in the world of acting. I auditioned for my first play in 2008 uh, with Mr. Martin French at Jefferson Community and Technical College, when it was without the Technical College. Mm -hmm. And um, the play uh, I auditioned for was, it was a smaller play, it was, uh, but it was a humorous one, because um, I enjoy being funny. Um, but he cast me as a lead role in the other play that I didn't audition for, and he said it was due to my stage presence. And I wasn't 100% sure what that meant at the time, but I'm learning more and more in the years that I've been performing more and more what that means. Um, here, most recently, I'm doing a dinner theater at the Bristol with Who Done It Inc. Um, they've been traveling all over the world doing these murder mystery dinner theater plays. And it's been interesting being an actor and going into an audition and them having so many questions that you can just hear their wheels turning. Like, oh, how is he going to do this? He's blind. How does this work? Um, does he have experience? Can he keep up? And, th of course, they don't want to ask. They don't want to be rude. They don't want to <laughs> seem as though they don't want me to be there. But... Um, I keep a smile and I keep forward and I usually am open to questions just so I can help their comfortability too. And let's just say for the people who are listening that are not familiar with Louisville, the Bristol is a very, very, that is, that's a feather in your cap to be asked to participate in something at the Bristol. Most definitely. Yeah. And it's a paid show. Yeah. Um, and no shabby place, I'll no tell you. No shabby place <laughs> at all. It's, it's definitely uh, an extra knot in the professionalism of, of acting. Um, I graduated from the University of Louisville with a bachelor's in communications in 2012. Um, I had an accident and I had to graduate uh, a little more quickly than what I'd wanted to, but afterward, um, I was like, you know, there's a theater department here 
and I went and I explored it. I talked with uh, Erin Lee Kreitz, um, who is a wonderful friend even to this day, and she was a major help in getting my foot in the door and taking some professional theater classes at UofL. Those classes, uh, just in that year, I learned so much about voice work. I learned so much about movement, which as a blind actor, movement is probably where I probably lack the most because blocking and how other people move is is usually learned through seeing. Yes. And so so much of that can't be captured just just by listening. Um, so if there was any extra coaching I needed as far as my movement and development in that regard, Miss Kreitz is a movement specialist. The first play I performed at U of L was uh, William Shakespeare's The Tempest, and they cast me as the bosun. He was the one guiding the ship, and if you're familiar with Shakespeare's Tempest, the ship went down. So we, we know why now, because they hired a blind man to, to lead it, you know, onto on shore. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, they, I asked if I could wear a patch over my eye um, mm-hmm. to add to the somewhat pirate feel of, you know, being on a boat. And they gave me the most awkward pause, and I know what it was. It was like, you know, we were probably thinking it, but we thought it may be rude to ask him. You know, to wear a patch. He's already blind. Would it be, you know, you know, off color, you know, yeah, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but I was all for it. I was, I was game for it. And they also uh, made a prop for me, uh, a waist high cane that a boat that a boatsman would use mm-hmm. uh, to keep his balance on a boat. Mm-hmm. And I used that cane as a cane, as a walking cane, to maneuver around the stage. Mm-hmm. Now this stage, I've been on proscenium stages when I've danced before. Um, I've modeled on runways. But this particular stage is a thrust. A thrust stage, you can seat an audience on all three sides and the stage comes out towards you. So there's three potential ways to fall off of it. Um, Very scary experience, Um, especially, you know, when a ship is going down and you have 13 other actors on the stage with you falling all over the place because this ship is going down. Prospera is is totally, you know, sending thunderbolts everywhere. Um, But I use that waist high cane to maneuver on stage. Since then, a lot of the characters that I've played have either been either elderly or have needed some sort of waist high cane for one reason or another that mm-hmm. I can use to help myself maneuver on stage with the other actors. Mm-hmm. So you have come up with ways to accommodate, to make accommodation for what could be uh, a problem. And yes. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's something that audiences don't realize or don't recognize right away. To, mm-hmm. to them, it's just a prop. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my most uh, direction that I receive from a director is, Darren, get, pick your head up, pick your head up. You know, you, a, lot of, uh, a lot of us as blind individuals, you know, our heads are not always completely erect. Yes. Um, so that is constant, constant, constant note for Darren. You know, make sure you keep your head up, keep your eyes open. Uh, don't let them close. My eyes, uh, they fatigue very easily. Lights mm-hmm. uh, really hurt them, they dry out, uh, so sometimes they close more often than they need to. Um, I take a lot of fish oil, um, a lot of um, you know eye drops, you know things like that to, sure. to help keep the eyes visually appealing for mm-hmm. the audience. One of the other obstacles that gets in the, that does get in the way as as far as me acting and, and being you know blind is that uh, learning lines. Now, one thing I lean on heavily is line memorization. If, if I, if it, but anything else, I memorize to the best of any ability above anybody else. Mm-hmm. However, 
when you first start a play, sometimes directors will cut lines. Sometimes directors will move scenes around. Sometimes directors will say, well, this scene, this needs to be changed and altered. And the other sided people that I, uh, that I perform with, they will, you know, they can adapt to that. They usually just cross it off their script. Whereas when I get a script, I take it home. I have it emailed to me. It has to be emailed in a Word document, which mm -hmm. is a major issue in and of itself because of so many copyright laws. Mm -hmm. um, so there's you know, a lot of that that we have to work around as well for me to get it in Word format. Mm -hmm. So I have to take it home. I go in Microsoft Word with the document, and I extract all of my scenes and put them in a separate document. Then I go into those separate scenes and take my lines out and put them in their respective order in a Word document separately too, and then memorize my cues. And from there, I email those documents to myself, to my phone, and through an earpiece through my phone, I have my lines read to me on stage while the other sighted actors are using their papered scripts or mm. books. Wow. And it, it's a little slower. It, it does kind of, um, it's, it's harder to keep up. But I had one director, a great man, uh, Dr. Baron Kelly. He is absolutely amazing, a wonderful mentor. I went to New York with him last year. And he, he's, he's just as hard on me as he is on everybody else, which I appreciate more than anything. And that, Darren, you need to memorize your lines more and faster than everybody else. No matter what we're going to change, you just have to be ready for it in order to, to keep up and, and be ready. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not to say that you can't keep up. It's not to say that we're forcing you to work harder than everybody else. But, but the reality is, that's right. if you want to be successful, you've got to put into it what you can and as much as you can in order to be equal to perform equally with the others to perform yes and right in line with them and you know because it definitely takes a team to perform a show right there are hours and hours upon hours of work to put into a play i mean literally 20 to 25 hours a week mm -hmm. um seven to 11 each night monday through friday tech week is is, is literally about 14 hours of work uh mm -hmm. lunch and dinner breaks in between you know the makeup the costumes oh the makeup i gotta talk about the makeup okay. if there's anything i hate more than anything is makeup i cannot stand makeup it feels like someone's spreading icing on my face and I I can feel it weighing on it and then you get the lights beaming on the makeup and it's like this this feels so gross and the worst part about the makeup is the eyeliner and it's in and I get why you know you need your stage makeup so that yeah. it, it's visually glowing you don't look like a ghost on stage with all the extra lights that are beaming on you yeah. but when they come at me with those eyeliner pencil things and then yeah. they and my eyes start to shake I tear up we have to redo yeah. it again yeah. you know it's uh I, I, I can't stand it. If there's any play where I can absolutely disregard any eye makeup whatsoever, I'm, I'm all about it. But, yeah. but generally, I don't get out of it. <laughs> yeah. Now, you, you alluded to something else earlier, and that was when you were dancing on stage or when you were doing runway work. I think it's very interesting that you, as a person with low vision, I think in high school you had some vision, didn't you? I had a little more vision in high school. My yeah, visual impairment is uh, retinitis pigmentosa. Right. That's what a, mine is, too. Yes, yes. And it's yeah. a degenerative eye condition. That's right. Um, you, your lights and your contrasts are slowly going out. Your peripheral, your central are kind of taking turns to 
deciding on who wants mm -hmm. to lean heavily or who than the other. One mm -hmm. eye is usually weaker than the other or a lazy mm -hmm. eye. Mm -hmm. But in middle school and high school, those were the times when my vision was a little better. I could run a little bit more comfortably. Right. Um, I was a cheerleader. I did a lot of the flips going from oh, one yeah. end of the mat to the other and even guiding around the other girls on the mat. Right. Um, it didn't help so much with wrestling because it's wrestling so fast paced, you know. Yeah. Um, so that handled my, my blind senses a little better. I enjoyed mm -hmm. goalball to work on my blind senses. Mm -hmm. But right after I graduated high school, you know, my vision started to get worse again. But I didn't want to let that stop me as far as being an artist. I learned I lost a good chunk of my vision uh, around the age of 12. And up until then, I started off as a visual artist. Mm -hmm. I used to draw and paint and color. I was, and, and I could look at my finished work and say, okay, it's done. And, and this is what I like. Mm -hmm. And when I couldn't see to do that anymore, thankfully, I attended the blind school so that I could see for myself that there's more than one way to do anything and there's other options out there if something gets taken away. Uh, yes, if I wanted to draw again, yes, there's wiki sticks. Yes, there's uh, tactile paint. Yes, there's you know engravement. There's, there's all kinds of things. But when you've had sight and you've seen what your work can do with vision, it it's a little hard. It doesn't substitute. It does not substitute. No. But so I, you find something else yes, that, that takes can, its place. That takes its place. And mm -hmm. that is still art. So now I do a great job at painting a picture with my voice or with my body movements on stage and I don't have to worry about what it necessarily looks like from my perspective because I can hear it. Tell us about the runway. I don't know. I'm sure there are others out there, but I do not know another low vision to, you know, to, uh, to blind person who has been on a runway and done professional work on a runway. Oh, the runway. I, I love the runway. I okay, love and for those who don't, there, there are some listeners, I'll bet, who don't know what the, what we're talking about, what the runway is, and that's ah, modeling. Yes, uh, modeling, uh, and you can, there's print modeling, there's promotional advertising, and then there's the runway models. All right. Um, the, the runway models, you're on a linear platform that I would say on average is about 35 strides out to the end of the runway. You, walked, you walk very upright, very erect, very um, poised, your shoulders back, um, and there's a few different types of, of walks to do. But for me, I have a wonderful and beautiful sister who also enjoys modeling. She's about two years younger than me, and it, I, was, I was in high school at the time, and one, I was on a track team, and I was running in a 60-meter dash race at one of our conferences on the track team my senior year. And one of the parents took a picture of me while I was running. And she posted it online, and she posted it on the, on the school website, and um, I got spotted from it by Cosmo Models. Huh? And they said, you know, we know you can't see this picture, but this picture is pretty amazing, and you look, you look like a model. And in my mind, I'm like, you know, whatever that looks like. No, I'm no, I'm not six foot four, and no, I'm at, well, I do have a size about 31 waist, uh, give or take. Um, <laughs> um, today, this was back then. I'm 28 today. This was back when I was 19 years old. And um, so Cosmo offered me some classes to take 
and my sister went with me. She helped me with my walk and uh, with facial expressions. Um, I even learned a lot from Ray Charles. In his acting days, he said that whenever he would make a facial expression, and a friend, a sighted friend that was with him would say, oh, that's a great face, freeze. And then he would touch his face to help himself memorize what the facial expression he's making with his muscle memory. So I use that tip as well. But on the runway, it's very easy to fall off. It's about three steps wide and, like I said, about 35 strides down. Oh and you, you walk very straight, which mm-hmm. for a blind person is usually very difficult. <laughs> That's a job in itself. It's a, very, it's, it's a, it's a sweating job. You, you're sweating, so I don't care how much air conditioner is on in that room. Yeah. You're, you're sweating, whether you're sighted or blind, from what the girls tell me backstage. Yeah. And um, I... There's photographers all around you. I count a lot on hearing the clicks of the cameras uh, to make sure I don't fall off of the runway. And prior to the show, the the directors uh, for the show, they'll give me plenty of time if I sh- uh, show up really good and early. And I count my steps on my way down and on my way back. If I count my strides um, down and, uh, and someone backstage will tap me when it's my turn. Uh, to go out there so that the movement stays on uh, on rhythm, mm-hmm. and so when it's my turn to go out, I walk out, and if it's and if it's thirty five strides down, I'll stop at thirty, and I'll just strike an extra long pose or, or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. um, because it's it's not as important for me to make sure I hit the thirty fifth step because that can easily turn into the thirty sixth step, which could easily be in somebody's lap. Uh-huh. So I I cut off about five strides, you know, because you you never take the same step twice. Okay. Um, so I would take that 30 strides and um, and then I would, you know, turn around, walk directly behind the heel of the foot that's in front to go straight back the same way. I listen for the other girl's heels. Um, and then in some case, and in a lot of cases, what they'll do is they'll pair my sister and I together. Now, now a lot of the time when they pair a man and a woman together, it's usually a little more romantic. But we're siblings and we found a way to collaborate with each other and play off of each other in a non-romantic way, but still working the garments because it's right. all about the garments. We're simply human mannequins, right? And uh, so we'll walk down together, and I'll either I'll I'll walk close to her, you know, more like elbow to elbow, and then I'll strike a pose down closer to the floor, and she'll strike a pose up high, and then we'll switch, and then she'll tap me when it's time to turn around, and she'll walk in front of me. I'll follow the sound of her heels. We'll pose together, and then she'll guide me off. Um, and this helped with comfortability a great deal. We I were, guess, we, yeah. We've been in Derby City Fashion Week for four years straight, uh, working that runway um, down at Hotel Louisville and at uh, Glassworks downtown. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, it's, and it's just been wonderful. And in the print work, uh, my sister will help the cameramen to follow my eyes well, with my stigmatism and my nystagmus, how to catch them in the center so that my eyes aren't crossing and it you know, doesn't mess up their picture. Right. Um, my mom cuts my hair and shapes up my beard and, and lines me up. <laughs> and we go home and we work on poses. And, and my sister is hard on me, which is great. You know, I want her to be because I want to produce good work. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in someone with a disability producing work that's good enough. And, and, and I don't want directors to, to treat me that same way either you know if I'm not producing as well as somebody else just the same as any job you know it's if there's a way around it and there's a way for me to be a 100% equal with everybody else in producing I want to be able to do that you know no matter how hard it is and even if that means saying I can't do this mm-hmm. um, when I was a dancer I danced on a proscenium stage which is just your regular style stage 
and I remember there was one particular, and, and my dance instructor, and this is after calling four or five dance studios that would say, oh, you're blind. Um, well, we have a, 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 a dance company for people with special situations, or we have, um, we don't have any room right now, and, and which is crap, because there's always room because you're paying your money to be a part of a dance studio. Right. You know, so, mm -hmm. I, but I don't want to be somewhere where somebody doesn't want me to be or they're not going to give me the patience to put into me what I'm willing to give out as well. Mm -hmm. So, Melissa George, um, Melissa Maimon now, she's married and has a, and has a child um, and a wonderful friend to this day, but Melissa Maimon, she was the owner of the Absolute Dance Studio and she took a chance with me. Uh, she even watched my cheerleading video from when I was at the Kentucky School for the Blind uh, when I won the Outstanding Cheerleader competition my senior year and I was the first male uh, from KSB to win that. Right. And uh, she took a chance on me and she taught me some break dancing. Um, and tap dancing and a little ballet and some lyrical and it was so much fun and I remember one time on stage she would always stand behind the curtain um, to yell to me if I'm getting too close to the edge of the stage and I would depend look out there look out there yes and I would depend on the lights on the stage and feeling the heat from the lights to if it starts to get too hot I'd start to maneuver my dance movements you know backwards right and um, and I'm a kinesthetic, kinesthetic learner, so we did a lot of work laying on the floor to draw those images with my body of whatever my motions were supposed to be. And I remember one particular incident, I, was, I got really close to the edge of the stage, I didn't feel the lights, or I was really into the dance, and I hear her yell, back up! And then as I'm backing up, I hear my mom yelling, back up! You know, from the audience, and I'm like, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap. So I'm just dancing backwards and everything, and, and, and when I get backstage, she's like, you were gonna be in that judge's lap. I said, well, it would've been a great finale. You know, <laughs> I've won um, lots of competitions uh, at the Memorial Auditorium and, and various competitions around town um, in between the ages of 19 and 21 um, when I was when I was a dancer. And this has built an excellent resume towards me being an actor. You have to be able to know how to dance at least somewhat. You have to know some some sort of singing. I can carry a tune, but only with other people. Yeah. Um, you know, I you you there's so many different variables to performing on stage and looking and staying alive in every single moment because the audience is following you everywhere with their eyes and their ears. And I also do stand-up comedy, which is by far the most comfortable thing for me, which is crazy because most people hate doing stand-up or improv. You know, mm -hmm. actors do not like improv. Mm -hmm. But for someone who's blind who can't read a script... <laughs> That's and a wonderful thing. It's so, it's great. You know, yeah. I don't have to worry about blocking. I don't yeah. have to worry about line memorization. Right. I don't even have to worry about having to pretend to have eye contact with somebody on stage. You know, <laughs> and we have to tell the other actors, okay, actors, you know, Darren can't see you. So if you move and you don't talk when you move, he's talking to a wall and you're standing over here, you know, so move And the audience only. is going, what's wrong with somebody? Right, what's wrong with that guy? Well, he is old. Maybe he's playing an old guy, so maybe he's a little senile. But, you know, we, we don't want to <laughs> lean too heavily on that. Right. You know. So you, you move once. If you're going to move, make a noise when you move. You know, stomp a little harder, you know. Right. Um, you know, I found all the creaks and cracks and crevices in the stage, and I use those as landmarks to get around. Yeah. Um, not to insult the stage whatsoever, no matter how old it is, but it's helpful to me. Please don't fix it. It's been an interesting roller coaster of discovering and finding and discovering. Um, my most recent show 
that I was in. It was at the University of Louisville. It was in Propaganda, um, and it was an improv-based ensemble group. We had bas- baseball t-shirts uh, with numbers on the back, and it was all improv. I mean, it was literally just a bunch of fun-loving actors throwing paint against the wall and making magic on stage. Miss Kreitz was the director. Miss Aaron Lee Kreitz was the director for that show, and I and I and I loved it. I've noticed every role that I've had has fit in a part of my life in some form or another. Um, I played a Jamaican um, ex-slave in The African Company Presents the Tragedy of King Richard III. And this play dealt a lot with racism. It was directed by Dr. Baron Kelly, um, our new African-American theater program director at the University of Louisville. This play dealt a lot with discrimination and racism. And I'm African-American myself. And I am a double minority. And reading these lines and this character who could not read um, because he was a slave and nobody understood a lot of what he was saying because he had a Jamaican accent is much like myself and not being able to read print anymore once losing my sight. And as blind people, we do have different ways of speaking. We we use different descriptive words and... um, just the way that we carry ourselves is a different culture in and of itself. And sometimes sighted people don't understand where I'm coming from. Sometimes they don't approach me to talk to me as much because they're afraid of saying something rude or mm-hmm. off color, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I enjoy tapping into the different real emotions that I have and then comparing them and applying them to a character to give that character and feed that character the emotion that they need to portray on the stage. Well, Darren, this this has just been fascinating, and we could we could talk a long, long time about this. You're going to come and talk to Roundabout one Friday about some of these experiences too, and that's going to be great. We really appreciate you being with us and taking the time to talk to us on Sound Prince, and you do us proud. I appreciate it. I hope to continue to open many, many doors for our blind and disabled community um, to be out more in the public with with more professional theater endeavors. Page four, the Sound Prince calendar. On May 19, the Kentucky School for the Blind will have its middle and high school concert from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. at KSB on Frankfurt Avenue in Louisville. More information at 502-897-1583. On May 20, The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Roundabout is another special evening. Education and Technology with Braille, Tech Tips, and Genealogy 3.30 to 5. The discussion time from 5 to 6 will feature Larry Skutkon from the American Printing House for the Blind. He'll be bringing a prototype of the Orbit Reader 20 for us to see. Dinner from 5 to 6 p.m., $5 per person and games and crafts from 7 to 10, along with bingo, $2 per person, at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Call 502-895-4598 to sign up. May 22 is the next ACB Families Meeting. It will be at 9 p.m. on the conference line at 605-475-6333. The code is 1711553. On May 23, the Guide Dog Users of Kentucky will hold its next membership conference call. It will be at 7 p.m., and the number is 
475-6006, intercode 294444. On May 24th, the Kentucky School for the Blind will have its elementary recital and award ceremony, 12.30 to 2.30 p.m. at the school. The number for more information is 502-897-1583. May 25, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will have its peer support group meeting from 12 to 2 p.m. at the BCB office, 1093 South Broadway in Lexington. Call 859-259-1834. On May 25, the Kentucky School for the Blind will have its 8th grade graduation and middle school high school awards ceremony from 1 to 2.30 p.m. at the school. More information at 502-897-1583. And also on May 25, the high school graduation will take place at the school at 6.30 p.m. Again, the number for more info is 502-897-1583. May 27 is another GLCB roundabout. 3.30 to 5 p.m. Education and Technology, 5 to 6 Discussion, 6 to 7 Dinner, $5 per person, and Games and Crafts from 7 to 10. Call 502-895-4598 for more information. In June, the following activities are coming up. On June 2, the American Council of Blind Lions will have its next conference call meeting at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, at 712-432-3900, and the code is 796096. June 3 to 11 is the Insight 2016 event. It's a chance for visually impaired Kentucky students in grades 10 to 12 to experience a post-secondary setting. It's held on the campus of Moorhead State University. For more information, contact Beth Baker at the Kentucky School for the Blind, 502-897-1583, extension 7105. On June 3rd, 10th, 17th, and 24th, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have roundabouts for June. More information on later sound prints as to specific programming. On June 11, the American Printing House for the Blind Museum presents Cinema Saturday. The Miracle Worker from 1962, from 1 to 3 p.m., the first in the three-part series of audio-described movies featuring an important visually impaired character. It's free, but registration is required. Call the museum at 502-899-2213. On June 18, Braille for the Sighted, Workshops for Young People, is presented by the American Printing House for the Blind, from 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m., this is the first of two workshops. Children can learn Braille basics and practice writing on a Braille slate and a Braille writer. Advanced students will also learn about Braille contractions, whole word signs, and more. Attend one or both sessions for ages 8 and up. Free, but registration is required. Call the museum at 502 899 2213. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502 895 4598 
or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.